life's a bitch. Right, yeah. Um, so, welcome back. This is now episode four. So, for those who have been tuning in, thank you so much. I'm appreciating all the likes. I've got about two so far. So, last week I spoke to my Kiwi amigo, Hina, and he opened up about what it was like to grow up in the ghetto, as he put it, in Auckland, South Auckland. And um, it was quite the compelling story. So, if you get a chance, go back and listen to that. You might um, find it quite interesting interesting dude about mindfulness and yeah just a guy who likes eating humans as well so you know good times so this week got a bit of a, a different twist on things well i got one of my friends to come in and we got a so i'm trying to diversify it up a little bit so this week one of my friends who's come on was originally supposed to come on with his with his other half but due to circumstances chris couldn't make it so that's okay i'll get him on at a later time but so Firstly, French, would you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us how we know each other, please? So uh, I'm Andrew, and uh, I've known Mitch since we were in high school. Uh, not from high school, from uh, TAFE, when we are going there, doing electrotechnology at, at Glendale. And, Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> good old Glendale. And uh, yeah, so what were we, 18, 17? If, 16. 17. 16. I think it was circa year 11 and 12, wasn't it? Yeah, back, and, in, um, back in the day. You know, to do a cert, a cert one in electric technology, which you've gone on to be a successful electrician and now you're electrical engineering in mines. Depends I, who you ask. Well, there you go. And I did <laughs> nothing with mine. The only thing I learned how to do with mine is, you know, get a slight shock when I was trying to wire that little dummy circuit. I had no power going to it. It was ridiculous. I guess you could say I wasn't a bright spark. I just made that pun face and I realised this is an audio medium, so <laughs> I'm a dumb shit. So... One of the interesting things about Andrew's and my friendship is that we, um, so after high school, after the TAFE courses, we didn't see each other for what, five years, four years, something oh, like that? Oh, longer than that. What was it? When I moved to Westie, so was it 2015? Okay, so it was, it would have been, gee, long, closer to seven. Mm. So as fate would have it, I lived in Wilson Street with my parents and Andrew happened to live in Wilson Street as well. And uh, there was a pub that's closed now, shout out to the museo. That was opened this night, and I was having schooners with a friend. My friend went home, and I looked over, and I noticed the face. I'm like, do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> nah, half pissed or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we used to get a tape together. Like, oh, okay, cool. So what do you remember of that night? Not much. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> the old Westy, the old Westy uh, Wilson Street walk of shame. I remember coming up to you and saying, oh, oh I think I know you. <laughs> and that's where it all started again. Yeah, and um, it was it was quite fortuitous because I got to meet Andrew's other half, Chris, and they had a friend there at the time. Uh, forget her name. Should we mention that one? Probably not. <laughs> and uh, things are going well. So the friend was, you know, like, and she was nice. We were chatting and stuff, and Andrew invited us back to his place to have beers. And it was funny that it was only like what five houses up on the other side of the road. It's like I literally have to stumble past there. So yes, so much yes. <laughs> We're bearing and carrying on, and I ended up making out with this bird a few times, and ended up in the room with her. Nothing happened. It was like, like there was there was like a an atmosphere created, and uh, making out and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, well, we got a bed now. Good night. <laughs> the old tease. And uh, little old Mitchy was like, okay, fair enough. I tried, but shut down yet again. Oh, well. so I went back drinking with you boys. It was great. Plenty of beers. Oof. Always beers. And uh, it was it was cool. So uh, one reason I wanted to get Andrew on today was trying to make this like a diverse sort of thing and try and include as many people as possible. 
So Andrew and Chris are in a same-sex relationship. Is that the correct PC term to use? One of those homosexuals. One of those, as Chopper would call it, one of those homosexual <laughs> relationships. I oh, thank you. And, um, well, you know. Okay, so, yeah, so it would be it would be good to highlight, sort of talk about some of Andrew's dating history because that's what we loosely talk about thus far. And, you know, sort of Andrew's interesting too because he's also in the mining industry like me. He's predominantly underground, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's... It's going to be cool because I wanted to highlight, you know, and ask Andrew questions like, what's it like dating same-sex people in the 21st century? I know you and Chris have been together a long time, so, like, talk about your histories a little bit and whatever. And, you know, how, like, just, I guess, overall, how have you found that people, like, approach you? Because if, you know, the, from the stereotype, you couldn't pick it. You know, some some of the gays that red type is, you know, it's going to put a voice on like this and, you know, whatever. Too much makeup. Too much makeup and whatever. But, like, how, you know, you're a tradie, you're a, you're a coal miner, like, so you probably wouldn't pick it per se. But, like, so how, when people find that out about you, how, how has it been perceived, do you, have you found in your adult life? Uh, it's a pretty funny one, actually. So I used to work for a company and go around to a lot of different mines underground and nobody really knew and I didn't tell anyone. I was a... A few people outside of work I knew that, that did know. But when I started working full-time for, for one of the mines, obviously it came out eventually that I was gay. And it was actually not how I thought it would have ended up. People were actually very protective over me. So yeah. we, were, um, we were working on the on the wall one day and um, someone said something. It was uh, one of the old fellas, when the gay boat went through, he said, oh, uh, there's going to be a lot of lube thrown around tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, all the bum sick is going to go on with the, the yes coming through. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, a little cold mod, is that? The boys, after I'd left turn, said, you can't say that. Andrew's there. He's like, why can't I say that? Andrew's gay. Oh, no, he's not. Anyway, so it was a bit <laughs> of a debate the next couple of days between, between him and the rest of the boys, and he finally come up and... He apologised and I was like, oh, God, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so it's, it's funny, like, you know, you, you talk to someone for so long and then you find that thing out about them and it's like, well, it's not even an issue. Like, I'm still the same person. Mm. I just happen to, like, you know, bang dudes. Well, the um, the boys actually brought in a cake when the VS vote did go in and it was a rainbow cake with two men on the top. <laughs> so, that's, that's kind of a reverse compliment, isn't it? Like, it's like, we accept you. But we're also going to put you on display. <laughs> that was good. They loved it. But, uh, but one of the turning points was because they were very protective over me, and to be honest, I was getting a bit over it because you know it's a bit you know boyish down there, and I don't want to be the princess. Yeah, well, I mean, to be to be quite frank, you're probably more blokey than I am. I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> you're often, I mean, you're often tinkering with cars, and you love to play around with V dubs and. Um, you know, your caravan, from I understand, you and Chris get to go out in the boat and get away in the caravan whenever you can. And the boat doesn't leak. <laughs> and when the boat doesn't leak. <laughs> but, like, you know, actually, I'll give a, I'll give a story. So, one night, um, I was invited out for dinner with you, yourself, Chris, and one of your friends. I went to that burger joint, and he, I didn't realise at the time it was a compliment, but he said to me, I just want to spit on him. <laughs> and I was like, what, why? I, I just had a shower. <laughs> what, does, what does that mean? Uh, he wants to lube you up. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I, I asked Chris for Chris for clarification when old mate went to the toilet. I said, what does that mean, Chris? He's like, he wants to bang you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. I, mean, I mean, he could have started by buying me dinner, I suppose. 
Any compliments? Compliment. Oh, it was interesting, but um, you know that was that was the, sort of the first direct like um, compliment I'd had of a of a gay gentleman, and I was like, well, you know what? It was it was like very flattering. Some people don't know how to take it either. I could have made a joke about how taking it, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, so... You remember that old song, You Better Watch Out, You Better Not Cry, Little Old Mitchie's Going In Dry? <laughs> That's why you got to spit on it. <laughs> Thus, because it finishes the circle of life. Ah, so then, yeah, I'm a spit on a hit. That's pretty good. Good, good line, Mitch. So, okay. I've always... I think you, you've told me... I've asked you this story a few times. But one story I like, sorry, one question I like asking people is when did you actually know, first know that you might have been into dudes as opposed to chicks? Because you've dated women as well in your adult life, haven't you? Yes. Uh, when I was younger, probably oh, 17, 18, 19, went out with a few chicks and that. But I suppose it was in high school when all the boys were going to the news agents when they just turned 16 and buying pornos. You know, that one guy would grab it and he'd run out the back and he'd show all his mates and be like, oh, check that out, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, that, that doesn't do it for me at no, all. No, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, sweet cheeks. I'd rather look at the, you know, the handsome men on the ads. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was probably the first, first sort of thing. And I was just like, yeah, I've had sex with women before. It's nice, but it just doesn't tickle me fancy. <laughs> of all the metaphors to use. <laughs> Oh, well, that's good. So, like, you know, and then, so how old were you when you had your first, like, partner or your first dating? Uh, I probably, person? I was probably late bloomer, probably 18, 19. Is that a late bloomer, is it? Oh, well, leave some of the questions to Chris, but uh, he definitely was a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, when we get Chris on, he's he's quite a, an interesting character. He's he's not shy and coming forward, and he, he, tell, he, he comes from a small old smallish community in New South Wales. But, yeah, he's, he's got some funny stories that dude. I can't wait to have him on. Compared to Chris, yes, very late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, bigger demographic here, less going on in there. Who knows? But um, so, like, so, okay, and I guess the next question I want to ask is how, once you actually were comfortable in having the confidence to go, you know what, I am gay, when you come out to your parents, your friends, how was it sort of received? Uh, well, I had to tell my mother three times because she didn't believe me. Yeah, right. So I said to her one day, you know, I was gay, and she turned around and said, oh, oh Andrew, yes, <laughs> it's funny, and just kind of, you know, shrugged it off. Strong sense of denial. Do you think it's that generation, though, because it wasn't the norm when sort of circa, no. what, in the 70s, 80s? No, yeah, I don't think it was that. I just didn't think she believed me because, you know, I'm not exactly a fairy. And uh, she come over because I wasn't living at home at the time. I was living at share house, and I was sitting in a lounge, and my housemate was there. And she turned to me and said, "You need to change your Facebook profile, Andrew. It's got on there that you like men." And I turned to her and said, "Oh, it's because I do." And she goes, "Ha ha ha!" and laughs up again. I looked at my housemate, and she looked at me, and we're like, "That was the weirdest thing ever." All <laughs> yeah, right. And. The last time she actually did believe me, I was so sick, I was in bed, and she decided to bring me spear bolognese for dinner. And I was laying in bed, and... Um, Always a good thing to have in bed, sauce and meatballs everywhere. Exactly. Get all over the sheets, it's lovely. <laughs> anyway, she said, uh, oh, we're talking, and I told her again, and she was, oh, are you serious? I was like, oh, I've only been telling you the last probably six months. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, I'll go, I'll go home straight away and tell your brothers and sisters. I was like, okay, right on. 
And she said, um, there's just one thing you have to promise. Well, what's that? You, you can't go around dressing up like ladies. <laughs> so, you know, I guess so. I guess you get the stereotype of, um, like, I guess a great uh, film sort of remotely talking about gay and drag queens and cross-dressing was Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I mean, for my memory, there was nothing else mainstream in Australia at the time to sort of reference. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's the only stereotype then what I had to go off. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at the time. I'm terrible at all their movies. Ah, it's all good. <laughs> I don't yeah. mind a good cheeky movie or two or seven. I'm a bit of a pop culture nerd. And let's face it, Priscilla is a great movie. Great movie. It is a good movie. We actually were planning on going out to the, uh, a weekend out doing Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, um, called Broken Heel. <laughs> okay. So it was meant to be the 10-year anniversary or the 20-year anniversary. I can't remember what it was. And we never made it because I accidentally chopped my finger off. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. Doing your caravan or something, yeah? Yeah, I was cleaning out the box trailer to take it away. Two days before, meant to leave. And the um, the strut that was holding the top of the trailer failed and come down and chopped my finger off. So we never got out there. <laughs> well, the box trailer's clean except for a small piece of your finger in there. Oh, Chris is finding bits of finger in there for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been excruciating. I remember seeing you a few days after. And, yeah, mm. yeah, enough. So... What was it called? Broken Heel. Broken Heel. They still do it every year, I think, but it's not as big as the first one. Is that out of Broken Hill? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. cool. That's You know what would be a catchy name? Broke, broken Back Hill Mountain. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, okay, uh, that's cool. So, like, I've done some similar things where, you know, there's Marvel conventions, there's get-togethers for other movies, like The Matrix. I went to one that was a few years ago. Like, there was a fan group uh, based on the Central Coast, and it was like, Maybe like 500 people like dressed up in costumes like Morpheus and there. In I don't know why they had it in summer. Everyone just had rapist jackets on. It was just like sunglasses and leather everywhere. It probably would have been like an 80s porn porn set. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went down because I'm a huge huge um, Matrix fan, and I had my like leather jacket on. It was way too long because I'm only sort of five five eight. I'm kind of short. And this little blonde idiot's like, hello. <laughs> was cool. Made some great friends. So if it's anything like that, then, you know, that would have been awesome. It would have been very similar, except they're all dressed in drag. So great. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, um, so okay, so that was the initial moment. And how was it sort of received with your brothers and your, and your old man? And... Uh, my siblings, it was all good with them. My old man, he didn't talk about it. It's one of those things. Sorry, you've got two sisters. My apologies. I've got two sisters and a brother, yeah. Well, there you go. I learn something about you every day. So... Yeah, the um, relationship with Dad has got better over the years. When Chris come on the scene, he wouldn't talk to him, wouldn't listen to him. He was actually very passive-aggressive. When I moved into my house, he found a Bible that was given to me when I was baptised, and he brought it up to me and handed it to me in front of Chris and said, make sure you choose the right path in life. Is your old man religious at all? Oh, he pretends to be, but he doesn't go to church. That sounds quite confronting anyways. I... Don't want to delve too much in a ripping bag and your old man, but that seems a very out-of-date sort of thing to, to do. Yeah, yeah. And, well, my brother came out as gay a few years ago as well, and he's received the same thing, very passive-aggressive, to the point where they don't talk anymore. Still to this day? Yeah. That sucks. So, a little tension in there, and, yeah, it's no good. Uh, what do you do? You know, you can't please everyone, I guess, man, so, you know, you do what you can. So... Have you, okay, so in your adult life, you come out as as a gay man in your late teenage years. 
along the way. So what are you now in your early thirties? Thirty one. Same as oh, you. Oh, that's right. You're a bit older. You're about a month older than me, aren't you? Forget that. Horrible with birthdays. Um, so in your adult life, you've been with Chris for the majority of that. Is that right? About seven years. So for for the most part, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you know, he's dated in that time between nineteen and when you met Chris. Did you have many partners at all? Or? I didn't. I had a few flings here and there, but I'd never really call them relationships. Yeah. Uh, there's a few guys who I went out with, a few dates here and there, and had some fun with, but nothing, nothing you'd really, really call a relationship. Okay. Like Chris is probably the first. Yeah, fair enough. I am. Um, I was similar for me, like in terms of my relationships. Like I had maybe long, like long-term ones too. And there's a, you know, stories about a few flings and whatever in the previous episodes, but. For the majority of my adult life, I've from 18 till now, like I've been probably 85%, 90% single, so a few flings here and there and whatever, but you know, just have still yet to meet the right one, so see what happens. Any ladies out there swipe right on this? Just kidding. So well, I had to go all the way to Lithgow to find Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken, I was going to ask. My next question was, can you can you tell us how you met how you met your betrothed, Mr. Chris? Well, that's a bit of a funny story too. So I was actually going down Lithgow to work at one of the mines down there and I was staying uh, at a hotel, got on Grinder, was just chatting to a few people, not expecting much. Yeah. And I asked Chris, you know, where is there a good pub? Because I come into town about nine o'clock at night, I was driving through, drove straight through Main Street and I was like, so where's the town? <laughs> yeah, kind of. If you stay on the highway and keep going west, you kind of bypass the town a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird setup. Anyway, you told me uh, Donnybrook Hotel was really good. Donnybrook Hotel? Yeah, old Donnybrook. So uh, the next day, I said, Oh, you know, do you want to show me the, the Donnybrook? So he came and picked me up in his little BMW <laughs> and took me down to the Donnybrook. And when you walk into Donnybrook, it reminds you of a 1970s pub. They still have the little bit of orange on the side to use as salad dressing. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd, I would, you know, I want to get in a gun of a schooner out there right now. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so he come back to my hotel room and he spoke for hours or we spoke for hours and hours and hours. And they come to about one o'clock in the morning and I actually kicked him out. I was like, look, I've got to go to bed. I've got to be up for work in like three, four hours, and you need to go. So I was like, oh, oh. So I kicked him out, and then the next weekend he come up to Newcastle, and then I went back down to Lithgow, and we did that for about six months. Yeah. And I pretty much said to him, look, it's either going to be all or nothing. You know, do you want to move into New, uh, move up to Newcastle and move in with me? And yeah, right. So you got to... Yeah. Okay, so let me just contextualise you for a sec because my brain's like, you're doing the long-distance thing. Catching up on your days off, weekends, whatever. Join you and Chris for schedules. Did the before you got to that point to ask him to move in? Was it hard with the distance? Yeah, it was pretty hard. So I'd go down there on a, a when uh, sorry a Thursday or a Friday night, depending on my work schedule, and then spend all weekend there. Monday morning, I'd get up at like two thirty, three o'clock, and then drive to whatever mine I had to work to, or drive to the office. Now, I actually got a few tickets still, mate, because I was so tired it was on stupid <laughs> shit. Well, you know what they say, they literally cannot put a price on love. Yes, they can. Take that, Mark. Apparently, it's still an illegal U-turn. <laughs> Do you remember that song, Put Your Hands Up, Bend Your Knees, Dance Around in a Circle, Come Dance With Me? Come on, come on, it's not hard to learn. Come on, it's called the U-turn. 
Was it that Jay Z? Uh, no, I don't know if it was someone along the lines of Craig David or mm, yeah. Jason Derulo. I do remember it. Or those soul singers from the early it, 2000s. It was terrible. That's <laughs> catchy. <laughs> Anyways, for everyone's ears, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Conter. Uh, what was the question? So you just spoke about the long distance, the traffic fine. Oh, yeah. Speeding fine. Uh, yeah, so it was difficult, and I think it would have been make or break at that point if he hadn't moved up. I don't think there was you know, much we could do doing the long term. Like I don't think it would have worked. Yeah, okay. Because he was also working at Bathurst at the time, so it was an hour. Hour the other day. Yeah. yeah so for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, from the Hunter to Lithgow, three-ish, three and a half hours-ish, and Bathurst is an hour out west in the other direction, so collectively four and a half hours from here. And he was living with his mum. Well, you gotta you gotta get by somehow. You know, I was right. I was I was a late bloomer. I lived with my mum till I was early to mid twenties. So shout outs, thanks Robin and Wayne. Thanks, mum. Legend. Thanks, legends. Um, oh, you know, and then not long after, I went from Westie to, to London. So things you do. <laughs> Back to Cameron Park. Now I'm in the grand old place of Curry Curry. Place so shit they named it twice. And uh, I just, the mullet fest. They, they just had it last weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I, I went up, like, it was, it's ironic because I, I, I've always been on shift. And last year it was because it cancelled due to coronavirus. So this year I went up and had a quick look on the Friday night. Had a few schooners and, you know, it's catwalk, it's kids comp, it's women's, men's, bands playing. It's kind of like summer nats. Bergen's everywhere and one smile between eight people. It was awesome. Do they like you in? No, or they did, but they're like, it's ironic. A few months ago there was a radio station call out. And they said, what's something your suburb is famous for that you cannot do? And I rang up and I said, oh, I can't. I'm from Curry and I can't grow a mullet. I'm bald. <laughs> they lost their crap. And I said, yep, human table over here reporting live. <laughs> <laughs> just pissed themselves. Um, but, yeah, that's – I just – as a bald man, I couldn't – you know, I think, you know, oh, the bogues, oh, mullets, who the, who the hell would want to grow a mullet? I'd be happy to be on a You'll have to get American and stick back there. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe uh, – Matt and Alex podcast have just put out a new thing. It's called the Turkin. The Turkin. So it's a it's a toupee Merkin hybrid. It looks horrendous, <laughs> but it's a new term on um, Urban Dictionary. Do they staple it to your head too? Oh, I, I there's a video on it. It's just like uh, it's been put together. It's just it looks horrendous, but um, yeah. So one of the hosts, Maddie, he um he had his head shaved when he was 16, and they've been in a Ziploc bag for about 16 years. They found it under the stairs when they cleaned it out his dad's place. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so that has been crafted into a wig. Well, like hair and even beards is actually it's a big thing for people's identity. So recently at work, we've had a clean shaven policy, and there's guys there that have had beards, you know, pretty much their entire adult life. And it was actually a really big thing for them to shave it off. There was a bit of depression, guys not showing up for work. Uh, it caused a lot of drama. Even one fellow was carrying around part of his beard in his top pocket for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's interesting. So he's he's an older fellow, and he's had it since he was young. And yeah, it was part of his identity, and actually it hit him pretty hard. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things like, when I started to lose my hair, I just thought, bugger it, I can't, I'm fighting to lose a battle you. So, you know, it, you know, it, it hits home. And if that's, you know, it's probably been part of that guy's identity for longer than we've been alive. Mm, it had been, yeah. And 
you know, the stereotype around blokes in mining is we're all proud. We don't want to be seen as vulnerable. Well, one of the guys actually got really burnt because he shaved his beard off and he come home to his daughter and his daughter didn't recognise him and started bawling her eyes out. Like to come home to your kid not recognise me, that's a big deal. That would be that hit home. Like mm. I see, I um I work in uh, my work. Uh, once again, not going to mention where it is. Um, I'm part of the old training to be to do mines rescue. Now I understand that if you're part of that, there's the caber gear, which is like the oxygen breathing apparatus and shit. And you have to form a good seal around your face. So they say that you know it's best to be clean shaven. I get that, but you know. Unless they're welding or need a face mask, or what, why do they need to have a big clean shaven? Is there a reason behind it or just... Yeah, it's to do with black lung and the new new black lung, which is silicosis. Yeah. Which is silica dust destroying your lungs, which is part of asbestosis, I suppose. Very similar. Coal dust particles are very, very bad for the lungs. Mm. Yeah. I think it's like if it's over like 0.001 parts per million or something. Now, I don't know the science specifically, but... A long exposure to that, especially on a long wall in the mud with like coal and shit going everywhere. You're more exposed to it than when I'm in an open cut setup and you know we just have our our lounge chairs and our air conditioned cabs. And uh, but still, like it's well, there's a resurgence of black coal in Queensland, and it was predominantly in the open cuts, not really? in the underground. Yeah, yeah, right. So oh, and that's that's where it, it actually bit us hard, and then everyone's followed suit because there's actually more legislation and ruling around underground than there is open car. Oh, that's funny. Oh, well, I I learned something today. Thanks, Andrew. That's alright. And thanks, guys. Today that's been episode four. No. <laughs> Public service announcement brought to you by a bald man. <laughs> no, okay. So so you and Chris did the the make or break thing. What a, what a segue. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I should open a segue to a company. So. So who laid the line in the sand and goes, you know what, this is it? It was pretty mutual because Chris was working at a shitty job at the time and he was a bit over it. Yeah. And he was applying up here already, so we'd kind of been thinking about it. And then got a job, come straight up. He's a man of many talents, Chris. He, um, One thing that always cracks me up is he's direct, not afraid to call a spade a spade. <laughs> and I said, oh, I remember talking to him one day and I said, oh, you know, he used to... Uh, manage a retail store down there for a telecommunications company and um, he's just like you know one day this cranky bastard come in and I said you know what mate get out of my store before I really lose my shit <laughs> wait that takes balls and his work gear on <laughs> managing the store oh I got a well, hello <laughs> I got a little smuggler trying to get through my shit <laughs> it's a bit chilly in here but no I, that's that's a question for Chris when he comes in <laughs> yeah I definitely will ask him it's like I just want to one the one thing I want to know is like where did you learn just to be a, a straight shooter because he, he cracks me up oh well a bit too direct sometimes <laughs> he's um no he's been nothing but nothing but good to me actually he's you guys are good friends and I'm sorry it's been so long since we catch up that's what happened when you shift work yeah, ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. So you know, hopefully, I don't get me wrong. I'm still going to be doing the shift work, and I've got no intentions of um, you know, leaving there at any point in time. So this is a good way to sort of spend my spare time. And uh, I did an interesting thing this week. What's that? So I've been talking about a, I think, project I'm doing at SBS, and I just got a text message from the producer. I'm just going to read it out to you. Hi, Mitch. I'm glad you were in the the onesie the other night. It looked great. Sorry, what photos do you mean? So, for those of you who don't know, I filmed an episode of Mastermind, 
um, which is as a contestant, went down there, and uh, I was lucky enough for them to put me on. And I mastermind is you can pick your own topic to go on. So I picked the topic Scrubs because I love the TV show. And um, I, I asked the producers of the show, can I wear a onesie? <laughs> I had my – so there's a podcast called Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and it's got Turk and JD's face on it, the Zach Braff Donald flies on. Shout out, guys. And um, I wore that down there, and you just see me. Like there's one – I've got the – it's like a big patch in the middle with yeah, with pockets, bright green onesie. And I just got fake doctor every time the camera panned to me. I just hold it up, and there's one shot of me like panning me. My legs are open, and I'm scratching my nuts. And all you can hear from the background is, "Oh, who's this idiot?" I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Fennell, um hosts the show. He was quite good in between takes. We had banter. He said, "Nice onesie." He's very nice, isn't he? He's a very nice dude. And he, he was actually I was I was texting him on Instagram last night, getting quite because he's been in a podcast just about everything. And he gave me some pointers on how to try and improve this, try, you know, like things to try and explore. So shout-outs to Mr. Fennell. Love you, dude. And he's, he's mad. Like, he's a solid dude. Like, he's... Oh, no, I've been checking him out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's almost as big as me in the chest, so no. Just kidding. And um, we're having, like, banter between takes. He said, mate, where'd you get that onesie? I said, mate, it's a twosie. What do you mean? I said, there's room in here too. Come on over. <laughs> And things like, um, oh, there was a, a, one of the other contestants in between takes was like, oh, I'm a little bit speechless. I said, well, if you find yourself, no, I shouldn't have spoken anything, but you find yourself needing guidance, just look at the gorgeous white white teeth on Mr. Mark and you'd be a shining beacon for us all. <laughs> She's like, oh, you just get mate, you're very funny that you're embarrassing me, shut up. <laughs> awesome, dude. And, um, yeah, so hopefully when it all goes up, and the photos I was speaking about was that she told, the producer told us that there'll be professional photos done and we won't take any photos on set. So I'll text her back later. Anyways, so hopefully that airs on the streaming app and we might be able to laugh at myself. But that's my, oh, actually, one more thing. Jeez, I'd speak about me too much. Sorry, guys. And um, the producers kept me back afterwards to ask me some questions and shoot like a promo for the episode. So why do you like onesies so much? And what other onesies do you have on I got Iron Man and Sonic the Hedgehog. And, yes, I'm a onesie collector. <laughs> and um, they said, "What's your favourite onesie you got?" And I said, "Sonic the Hedgehog." And I said, "He's a fit, fast blue dude, but it's ironic because it makes my ass not look as big as the other one." <laughs> <laughs> you need to put like multiple onesies on next time and just like take them off mid-show. A fawzy. A fawzy. I. It'll have to be a cold night because you sweat your wrist off. And lucky the thing was aircon, but like I was still there. And my head would have been glistening. They put they put foundation on the top of my head to take away some of the shine. <laughs> I said to the makeup lady, I said, is this common? She goes, yeah, you'd be surprised, so don't feel bad. She goes, you do have a shiny head, though. I'm like, oh, thanks. Can you see your reflection? Yeah. The old ball like shine. Yeah, shine all. Do you all mode you put your head in the shine all ball? No. <laughs> Love the symptoms. So, yeah, that was an, that was an experience. Sorry, you just... You were just putting your heart out there, and I'm just like, you know what, pause for a second. Let me speak more about me. Well, I don't mean to brag, but, you know, I did meet Mr. Doobie on telly once. Tell me that story. Oh, God, I was maybe six. And tell us who, tell us about Mr. Doobie. Mr. Doobie and Humphrey B. Bear. Yeah, oh, nice. I'm not Humphrey B. Bear. What's his name? Brian Possum? No, the other one, Newcastle one. Big Dog. Big Dog, Romper Room. 
Yeah, so how old were you on that? Well, six years old, everyone was on it, weren't they? Went into Newcastle. I wasn't. I don't know if my brother was. I wasn't. Going to Newcastle and they had the whole setup with uh, Miss Kim. Miss Kim was on there. Yeah. My friends, Greg and Kath, actually know Miss Kim. They're in the um, like entertainment industry around Newcastle, like theatre productions. And she um, apparently she's a really lovely lady. Yeah, right. I've never met her, but how did you find your time down there? That was good. I was on there with my cousin. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> what happened then? Oh, just a crazy family splitting up, yeah, the usual. Oh, so it was hectic time. Sorry, I just wrote back to that producer as you were spelling there. I was about talking far out. <laughs> I just, she, or the email said that um, the we weren't to take our phones on because there's professional pictures done. I'm like, just curious as to whether anyone's done and et cetera, and where do I go? You know, just because I care about me only. So. <laughs> Okay, so that's cool. I I, read, I never really did much of that stuff as a kid. I was just to, every afternoon you go play cricket with my brother or you go play footy with the next door neighbours' kids or whatever it was. Most of it was too far. Yeah, I was for a lot of my childhood, I was in Holmesville, the next suburb down, and I was good friends with the next door neighbours. And Greg and Kath, who I just mentioned, they were the parents of my friends Andrew and Ethan. And to this day, I'm still friends with Greg and Kath. Like, I can go ring them up, go for a beer or whatever. So it's cool to have that sort of, I think I mentioned him in a previous episode, but yeah. That's good. That's yeah, good. it's good to have that sort of mentor. You do kind of remember your, your childhood neighbours a lot more, I think. I remember, so we, I've only, I've lived in most Newcastle most of my life. I was born in Dubbo, then we went to Rathmines. My dad, before mum and dad was split, dad was in the sheepskin trade. So we worked in regional New South Wales in different abattoirs. So you met my mum in Scone. Worked at the same abattoir as Catherine Knight. Oh, yeah, that crazy lady. Australia's was serial female killer. Mum was in the mum was in there too. I think she was in a dad class wool. Mum, uh, like would cut the animals up after they were killed, and I think prepped them. And much my mum with a knife. She's a little lady, but gee, she's scary. Mm. Like she can just she just knows like the right cuts to do on chickens and cows and deep boning. Deep boning, yes. That's probably why she's like awesome at making stuff in the kitchen. And she was, she told me that um, she, so Catherine Knight has a twin sister, I think her name's Deb. And I think mum and Deb used to hang out a little bit growing up in a small town, just going to Aberdeen. But that's where dad met mum. And my sister was born there, six, 13 years before Mark. Mark was born there. And then, yeah, then moved to Dubbo, had me. Probably good good thing he's got out of there at the time. Well, I, well my brother was born in 86. I'm not sure when all that stuff went down with Catherine, but... Probably a good thing. And my nan was from there. My nan had a lot of time up there as well. And then used to run a daycare and it's going. Um, so a lot of family history. And to this day, the pie shop, Cross Pies, still mm. up there, still as good as the day got. I went up there recently. I was looking at houses to buy up in Musselbrook. And I'm like, I'll take a cheeky trip out there. So I was hungry and I love these pies. So I ordered a family pie and ate it in the park all to myself. Actually, and I've got a question about pies for you. Do I eat too many of them? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I saw from that fate as well. No, I was told today that spaghetti pies are not meant to be made. They're terrible and should never exist. Do you think spaghetti pies are the bomb? can honestly never say I've had mm. one. Oh, I freaking love them. It's spaghetti bolognese with a heap of cheese in a pie. Psh, I don't I've never had one. Oh, well, Lord Jack Horn is still a good one if you ever get five minutes. I kind of want to try a spaghetti pie now. <laughs> Tin spaghetti or real spaghetti? No, real spaghetti. Oof. I had a... Um, so, okay, so on Matt and Alex's podcast last year, 
there was a uh, a story that was shared, and I, well, as a desperate single lonely dude, I, I wrote into the show and asked them, like, can you find me love essentially? And they did, and they 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 put me on a on a Zoom call, like they and someone called in. I won't say her name. She's a lovely girl, and um, they put us together. And Osher Gunsberg come on, and because he's the host of The Bachelor and had a laugh and whatever. And Alex, one of the hosts, and I shared stories about like pies. And he said, "Oh, did you?" Because what one of the, what the story was is I had a spicy pie and it made me absolutely lose my crap. He said it wasn't a hot pie from uh, from Woi Woi or was it uh, one of the pie shops at Woi Woi? Wasn't it? Wasn't one of those pies, was it? I said, "No, mate, and it wasn't." And it was, but the pie was that hot that it, as I shouted out, it burnt through the porcelain <laughs> or whatever. The oh, you know, I'm allowed to get the audio grab. That'd be sick. And I had two comedians laughing. I felt pretty good about myself. And I am um, actually met with uh, this girl. She was moving up from Victoria, and um, we decided to meet. So she just moved to Sydney. It was sort of around the time where the it was just before that, just after, just before Melbourne went into lockdown around June, July. So she got out. Her and her family got out of there sort of just in time before they had to make your time. Yeah, and um, so that's happened. We met and. I drove down and met her. She's taller than me, straight up. Generally, girls, in my experience, don't go for the shorter guy. But we spoke for hours on the phone before, like, lovely girl. Drove up, showed her around Hunter Valley, went to have, like, lunch at, at Picolman and come show it, like, because we spoke about curry curry and the big kookaburra. So I had to show her, and, you know, show her that there's a trolley in every second driveway here too. And I'll show you later on. It's pretty funny. And um, ended up driving her back to Gosford. She got on the train and went home and had a good day, but it wasn't to be, I guess. And that's good. Like, live and let live and live and let loss, whatever it is. Anyways, and I got myself a bucket of KFC chicken on the way home. It was a good day. Moral of the story is, kids, hot pies suck. So, yeah. So, for those who have been waiting for this episode, I make a little bit of an announcement here. I We got through about 40 minutes of uh, content and then I stupidly let this file crash and um, I've had to get Andrew back a few weeks after so if there's a few things that we've gone over I do apologize I'll try and edit those out but welcome back Mr. Andrew. Oh thanks. So yeah needless to say in that time I haven't tried a spaghetti pie yet. <laughs> well they're just around the corner little jack corners. So in that you know sort of time that you've been here last the um the pod's taken a bit of a different sort of direction so you know it's always been about storytelling and the date the whole dating thing was there was you know a way to transition in to get people just to relax and sort of relatable and stuff but a question for you is okay so you know we've established that you know you're in a same-sex relationship um you know you we found it as to where you first realized that you were into men and stuff like that so here's a, a question is have you ever found any hardships or in this 21st century like how have you found Dating has been, like, how has society sort of been on towards you, sort of, if that makes sense? In what way, like, normal like, people? Has, there, has anyone ever, like, have you ever been given shit from people or has anyone ever, like, looked down negatively on you, negatively down onto you for being in a, like, in a same-sex relationship at all or is that a, is that a bad thing to ask? No, a few guys at work, you know, a little funny here and there. I think the funniest thing that ever happened was I was... Uh, driving down Charlestown Road in my blue convertible Beetle with something really gay playing on the stereo like Lady Gaga and this guy <laughs> rolled down the window and yelled out, faggot. I was like, yeah, I'll cop that one. 
<laughs> Even for a gay man, that's gay. <laughs> it was good fun, though. <laughs> now, we actually, since you've been here last, um, I've had some interesting stories. So I've got the burger meat. I've got my scrubs on the on my burger meats hanging out. My bloody chest hair. Looks horrendous. That's good. Oh, don't shave it. Looks weird shaving. Okay. Guys out there, don't shave your legs. It's weird. I don't shave my legs, just the chest. No, just don't. <laughs> okay, well, you hairy like animal. Um, but yeah, since you've been here last, I've done another, what, seven or eight episodes. And I had interesting stories like talking to clairvoyants. Um, randoms come on the show, opened up about their experiences. So Tomo opened up about his drug dealing days. Uh, last week, Jamie spoke about, um, you know, like hitchhiked around Australia. He's an indigenous man. He left home at 14, went around the country, like interesting sort of perspectives. And, uh, you know, it's been cool. So, you know, in that time, I guess the craft has sort of been honed a little bit. I started a work experience at the local radio station. Shout out to 96.5. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Ding, 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 ding. But no, it's been good, man. So, you know, this in this story of progression, it's, it's actually probably a good thing that you, so long has passed. So this was originally episode four and we put back out as episode four. With an addendum in it. So, like, okay. So, how's your 2021 going so far? How have you found it? Like, in the middle of Renault's and stuff now? Pretty boring, actually. <laughs> and that's episode four. <laughs> it's like a continuation of 2020 without the stress, isn't it? Everyone's stuck at home. We've still got over a thousand bucks worth of travel money we need to use, but we can't use it because it's on flights. And Yeah, I, I actually got some flights that I had booked to NZ in October. And uh, Cheeky Flight Center still owes me a $400 voucher from Air New Zealand. Yeah. Well, this one was to Bali. And first time going to Bali, first time Chris was going to go overseas. And, of course, COVID happened. That's devastating. Yeah, I know. He was looking forward to it, too. My mum and stepdad were poised to go to Ireland. Stepdad's been overseas, been to Germany and a few other places. Yeah. Mum's never flown, and she was going to go straight to Ireland. I was like, that's a fair effort. Mm-hmm. Poor thing hates being in a plane, but um, yeah. Well, the, oh, it would have been about the third time I ever flew. It was coming back from uh, the UK, and I was awake for 50 hours straight because I couldn't sleep on the plane. Oof. I I don't think I was awake quite that long, but we I my when I first went over there, it was we flew to Abu Dhabi. It's like a 13 hour, 12 hour layover, two hour break, straight to London. Got there. I realised, oh, fuck, I'd have been on the train for two hours. Two big bags, trained all the way to King's Cross, checked into the YHA there, it's 1pm. Uh, go in the pub, went to the pub till about 8, got back, passed out, woken up by a group of, like, I think it was like four or five backpackers from Germany or somewhere, and just come in, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, here we go. Hey, man, where are you from? Australia. Oh, you just got here? And went out for them with beers as well, so... Well, that's, that's what I did when I got back. Not with Germans. We went down to Red Bowling Club, but, you know, same, same. Good <laughs> <laughs> old bowling clubs, man. Gotta love me. So, yeah, like, you know, over the years, I don't know, like, it's... All right. So, this is the time of the show. We actually recorded one of these before, but, um, you know, we'll go for it again. So, each week, we ask our guests to have a good old whinge. Mr. Andrew, would you like to have a bitchy with Mitchie? Sure, would. So... The new scooters that have come out, you can buy them from JB Hi-Fi, uh, heaps of places. They um, 
they're not actually legal for the roads because the government hasn't legalized them yet. So people were rolling around and we got killed by some lady the other day, no helmet on, just on the footpath. They, um, they need to come to some sort of common ground between government and, uh, and these scooters. I reckon they're a great thing, just we need to use them properly. We need to get them legalized. They're like young kids, you know, cutting you off in traffic and shit, that mm. sort of thing. No, it's like middle-aged women. On these scooter things? Yeah, and young women. The, the, the girl that I'm talking about was in town. She was probably, you know, not quite 30 yet, come flying down the footpath. No helmet on, no nothing. You know, just dodging traffic. Kamikaze scooter rider. Yeah, she's the one that's going to get killed, and then everyone will whinge about it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think I said this last time, but you're in a car, no matter who you hit, even if they walk in front of you, you're liable. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a grey area. No, that's fair enough. I, you know, I've actually thought about, I've actually had a whinge about a lot of things. One was like when a friend's going through a mental illness, standing on the sidelines, not being able to help. Abundance of traffic related incidents. Like, you could not believe the amount of shit, man. I actually just recorded one just before with a guy named Caesar, which is on episode 12. So it's a little all over the place, but um, he was saying that bullying in the workplace is shit. And I had a quick one. It's like when you go shopping and you forget something, like, fuck, you gotta get back for one thing. And then you forget it too. And it's just a vicious loop. <laughs> Ugh. But, like, I guess one thing that pisses me off is this week. Very first of all, problem. This is the week where New South Wales is going through an abundance of uh, flooding, uh, rain. Eight hundred mils in Warhope this week. Ridiculous. It's a bit moist. Absolutely moist with a capital <laughs> M O. Holy shit! And um, well, have you had any pro- um, problems with rain here? You seem pretty good. I lost my internet. The internet cable, the node was fucked because of the amount of downpour that we had. Yeah, right. And it's the first of all problem, but I lost my internet. I'm like. I guess the bitchy with Mitchy is Mother Nature. Mm. Fuck you. We had our next door neighbour come over to us and complain that there was water coming out of our under our fence into her little patio at the back. And we said, look, uh, I know it's annoying, but there's not much we can do about it. Like, look at all the water that's gone everywhere over New South Wales, around the Hunter. Uh, we're copping it from the guy behind us, so it's just yeah. a cascade effect. Yeah, but that's, that's odd because you're at lower road level than the people behind you. Yeah, that's right. So we're always going to cop it. Yeah. But so it was, yeah, nothing we could do about it. We do a little trench to try and ease it, but everyone's getting copped. you got to, you know, it's like this, you know, you hear when people, like, I'm not going to, oh, I'm having a whinge. It was a first world problem. It wasn't even a big deal. But like, in times like this, it never ceases to amaze me just how petty people can be. And also at the other end of the coin, other side of the coin, is that people bonding together like volunteers, like for the SES and stuff like that helping out their fellow man so like you know they can see the best and worst that Australian humanity has to offer at this moment in time and like you know shout outs to all those volunteers and frontline workers out there who have not only happened to do the COVID thing but deal with this shit too just one thing after another fires COVID flood. well there was a <laughs> it was a comparison um, someone put up on Facebook the other day it was like the fires of 2019 on the New South Wales fires app and the live traffic app and there was fire, like the whole state fires. Now it's just all water. Like <laughs> fucking hell. It's um, yeah. What do you do? That's Australia. Yep. Nothing half dressed. Remember that ad? Nothing ever half dresses all mouths. <laughs> There's either flooding or it droughts. But um, is there a song about that too? Oh, uh, maybe. Hmm, if there is, it eludes me as to what it is right now. But I think there is. I believe you. You're a pretty cluey guy. 
So um, what does 2021 have in store for you? Well, Chris and I just started up a new business, which is good. Oh, it's finally come to fruition. Yeah, so uh, there's a few little things in the background we've got to sort out, but um, got to buy a lot of tools. <laughs> so is that, could you give us the name of said business? So it is Sugar Valley Lighting and Electrical. So we're going to do um, uh, interior lighting, you know, fancy, high quality stuff. Yep. And then Chris is going to go scope it out, sell the lights. I'm going to go install it, as well as uh, commercial, a bit of industrial. That's cool. So Chris has a, an extensive background in interior design and decorating and all things awesome. He's quite, quite good at what he does. And you yourself are a licensed electrician. Mm, so good. it's it's a match made in heaven. You can yeah. say a couple of bright sparks. <laughs> Uh, good job, Mitch. Um, zap. Z- <laughs> uh, zap. <laughs> um, I don't know if I don't know if I it, we covered it last time, but remember we went out for dinner. Yourself, me, Chris, and one of their friends at the burger joint, and um, I didn't know at the time that apparently the fact that he wanted to spit on me was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He came up to you and said, "Oh, I could just spit all over you." And Usually, thought, it means uh, you know, gonna lube you up. Oh, get you ready she just said to Chris I want, to, I want to spit on him I'm like that was sorry if that was an annoying uh, an offensive voice you just gotta watch which watch which hand he's gonna spit on yeah it's oh, I started thinking to myself I'm flattered but please 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 just leave me be <laughs> nice guy and all but I mean, he's very flattering but so like have you ever ever used terminology that makes how, actually no let me rephrase that how many homophobes have you come across and do you find it hilarious Oh, they get a bit sort of nervous around me. Yeah. But uh, not too many. It's it's pretty funny. I taught all the guys at work the other day a few sayings. Um, Let lay it on us. So uh, one of them, they were coming up and said, oh, you know, what would be your perfect cock? You know, what would you like? And I was like, yeah, right, eh? <laughs> Don't hold back. Anyway, uh, so I started telling them. And I said, mate, yeah, it doesn't matter about the length. You've got to have a bit of girth because, you know, the old saying... Got to be girth it to worth it? No, if it's girthless, it's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolute gold. I'm in. So uh, that was getting rolled around the pit a fair bit. And then um, <laughs> there was, there's a lot of gay slang. So, you know, if you're, you're a little skinny and you know, young, you're a twink. and you know, You're a twink. Twink. <laughs> if you're big and hairy, you know, you're a bear. And there's like heaps of facets in between. Anyway, uh, we went around the pit and we... We gave everyone what they would be in the gay world, you know. You know, oh, you know, such and such over there, he's, you know, he's a bear, you know, he's a bit burly. Oh, he's, he's a bit skinny over there, he's a twink. <laughs> they loved it. What else? <laughs> what would I be? What would you be? Yeah. You'd be a cub. A short, cuddly bear? Yeah, not quite a bear yet. I'm too young. Oh, so it's like kind of like an age thing? Yeah. Not a height thing? No. Oh, okay. So when I hear cub, I think like a cougar on the prowl trying to find me. <laughs> Okay, so what? Okay, so is there? A, so obviously, we all know. Everyone knows what a cougar is. Is there an expression used for like like an older gentleman that's like really fit, or is it just known as a bear? Silver daddy. Silver silver fox. Silver daddy. <laughs> silver fox. <laughs> okay. What about like a, if you're a, if you're the silver fox and a young young man? Is there a term and term used there? Father and son. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Here at Mitch. Life's a Mitch podcast. We do not, do not in any way, shape, or form support, you know, relations that are blood related. <laughs> no way. It's just a term. There's no blood involved. Don't like blood. <laughs> blood. If you do, if there's bleeding, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. 
That's what I'm trying to thought there. Um, it's like kissing your cousin. You just can't do it. Yeah, there's lots of things you don't do. No bestiality. No. Um, I'm a scat man. Scooby dooby 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 doo up up. Would you stop it? You're through. <laughs> and and it's not often I'm quite caught off guard, but fair dinkum. You've been here what half an hour and you're just absolutely throwing loops at me. Well done, sir. And this is what I do at work. It's good fun. I'm a scat. Now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> There was one guy, we were at a Christmas party, and he came up to me, he's a bit of a wanker, and he was like, oh, you know, I've got a really big cock, you know, trying to, you know, pump himself up, make himself look heaps cool, and, you know, just being a bit of a cock tease to me, and I was like, oh, really? So it's it's a bit of a pencil dick, is it? And he didn't know what to do, he was like, oh, oh, no, no, you know, it's it, it, it's nice. And I was like, mate, don't come around here being a fuckwit. <laughs> That's gold. They're like, yeah, well, there's a guy that I used to work with his nickname was Length you know be showering it's just like hey Mitch how you going that was me slapping my hand on the table insinuating his large penis and like Go I used to make pod. oh he used to say the joke he'd turn around you duck because you know he didn't want to be smacked by it what was that for oh, you turn left well it doesn't count to see it hard well flaccid cock is never a thing mm. did I tell you the other night my penis didn't work oh no I went up to went up north to hook up with a bird from Port Macquarie, and we agreed. I told this story before, and um, you know we decided to do the friends benefits thing and cool and dinner and drinks and uh, little old Mitchy didn't rise to the occasion. Dang it! So um, needless to say, I had a good spoon session and watched the movie Troy. That's <laughs> that's so embarrassing. I um maybe you need a different movie. Brad, young Brad Pitt, mm. a young Eric Banner. Jeez, man, good looking dudes, and that's coming from a supposedly straight man. And so uh, maybe uh, Charlie's Angels next time. Good morning. Not the new one. Ugh. No? <laughs> what, 1970s version? No, they made a new one with Elizabeth Banks directing last year. Oh, okay. It had, um... Is it as bad as um, Ghostbusters? Have, uh, apparently the original cast of Ghostbusters is doing an actual third I don't think sequel. It's, I don't think it's third. I think they're just ignoring the last one they did. Yeah, so it's like what they did with Terminator. It's going to be a direct sequel to the first two, whereas I think the most recent one was like a alternative universe I don't know but um yeah I think all the original cast are coming back kind of like what they did with Coming to America 2 Eddie Murphy's back and uh you know I never saw number one good movie it's older than us Mm. I think young Wesley Snipes James Earl Jones they're all back um Eddie Murphy of course (laughs) but yeah apparently it's supposed to be really good and I want to see the Snyder Cut the four hour superhero movie just released oh god you know I'm a nerd for this shit. Fuck, I'm wearing a Scrubs onesie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, apparently that episode that so I spoke about just before about the TV thing, I checked the TV guide and my episode isn't even up for the next week or two at what? least. You can check like the episode guide and it says specialist categories tonight are boom, 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 boom. Nothing to be seen until at least April. It's now the 23rd of March. so they got to drag it out a bit. Well, I mean, I guess, but it's annoying. I just want to be on TV, damn it. Annoying. Should be chasing all the news crews around, jumping yeah. in the water, get your jet ski out, start driving down the middle. Yeah, of the I mean, well, let's face it, I'm being a silk. There's been a lot of bad shit going on. First world problems. But isn't it isn't it funny like how a few weeks have passed and the world's turned to shit again? Um, just talking to that Caesar guy, I'll mention him again. He had a positive COVID case. Um, As and in he did. Yeah, he had COVID. Yeah, and um, he yeah he met his now fiance during the period because. She's a frontline health worker and she reached out to him to see if he's okay and they blossomed a relationship during that, which I found fascinating. 
It always happens when you don't expect it. And apparently, I he, he said like because I I opened up and I'm like I'm very keen to meet someone, um, but we shall see what happens. And just before too, uh, um, speaking about the story of the Matt and Alex podcast, how Old Love and I were set up for a date. They rang me two days ago. I wanted to do a follow up interview from like, following but back to last year, and um, I've sent said girl this podcast to see what she thinks. So if she likes it. And I'm hoping to do a episode with her to speak about the experience because I think that's a pretty cool story to share. Before or after you talk to Matt, oh, who was it? Alex and... Matt, Matt and Alex. It'll be after. Um, so actually, I might text her again. Yeah, live on the air. So It's good radio. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, so I'll see what she says. But like, what did you think? And dateless Mitch strikes again, eh? <laughs> but um, no, it's like... So I'm looking forward to introducing these authors and stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm... Slowly on the way as to where I should be going, I guess. A few weeks can make a fair bit of difference. Mm, it's good. Especially um, working that radio station. What were, you, what were you actually doing at the radio station? Just playing buttons? music and taking requests. Yeah, right. It's good fun. That, the setup there is... Um, to like the producer? Or are you actually talking on the radio? I was actually on the radio. Yeah, nice. Um, so the, it's community radio and it's like it, you can do work experience and shit there. And the guy who who looks after it while in his, in his 70s, I think, you know, he's kind enough to come down and teach me the ropes. It's a... Apparently, it's a fairly primitive style system, but I get some experience, and he said I can do my own show when I learn the ropes. We filled in last night four hours of country music, <laughs> and look, don't get me wrong, some songs were decent, like played some Johnny Cash, some Slim Dusty. So while the other songs are going, do you have to wind the tapes back on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got a computer system. Oh, right. Okay. It's not that old. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was interesting. Um, so yeah, I took some calls, programmed the music, read out the weather, which I fucked up the first time. If you, uh, on Wednesday oh, fucking idiot <laughs> oh, rookie hour 101 but no ultimately it was good um, as long as you didn't tell them it was meant to be sunny today nope <laughs> 95% chance of heavy rain which it's still raining it's supposed to clear up tomorrow which sucks tell him he's dreaming tell him he's dreaming Barry I was looking forward to uh, not going into work and having a wet day but all good see what happens yeah, like, yeah, that's... We've just been speaking now for half an hour since you come back. That went pretty quick, eh? It's good. Yeah. So, like, you know, ultimately, I appreciate you coming back and stuff, but I'm sorry that I lost all the footage to begin with. <laughs> just Wookie don't do it again. <laughs> Oof. Oh, I, um, yeah, next time I'll be heading down your way. But, um, so... And I, sp- I was speaking to Chris over this time, and I, I had a uh, time to go and record with him, but I couldn't go due to, like, something... And he's like, man, I've got this Renaz going on. We'll have to do it maybe in April. So can't wait to get him on. Looking forward to it. He's one of a kind. But uh, okay, here's one. What's one of your favourite Chris stories? Oh God, there's so many. Uh, I'm going to have to think about this. Right. What sort of story do you want? Well, like one that made you laugh, one that made you go, you know what? He's he's the one for me. Um, <laughs> one of those crystallised moments where I'm just like, yeah... He's pretty cool. Second time he come up to Newcastle. It might have been the first time he came up to Newcastle. He drove all the way, and then well, the next day his mum called him up and said, "Did you did you remember to uh, put registration on your car?" Ah, shit! <laughs> so he ran around all Newcastle half a day looking for someone that would do a pink slip for him. Yeah. And then his mummy paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna hate you for that. <laughs> oh. He's going to absolutely hate you for that. I uh, love you, Carol. I'm sorry, Chrissy. <laughs> One of my favourite Chris stories was, um, you know, he, he's just he's not shy and coming forward. Let's, no. let's face it. And um, he's telling me that he went 
when he, he used to work at a certain lighting store and um, he was a manager I think or no he was a manager at a telecommunications store which and, story are you telling you might not be able to tell them all <laughs> yeah so I think it was at his time in Lithgow he was a looking after one of the telecommunication stores there and he, he had this woman with attitude come in. He's like, don't, don't, no, don't come in here and harass my staff. Don't fucking come in here and do this shit. If you're going to be, act like a cow, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, some people would tell a story like that and you go, oh, bullshit. This guy, no way. It happened. Absolutely, absolutely tells it. Oh, he's like, oh, and at a time that this woman wasn't happy with the return, the lights I sold her, she's saying that effect. He's like, look, this is how it works. And he showed her. He's like, yeah, you simple bitch. This is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we, I said to him one day, we're going to call them Chrisisms. Chrisisms, where you're just blatantly honest and just yeah, tell just how like, it is. <laughs> I'm going to get my sassy Chris on right now and be like, okay, here's how it is, dickhead. Um, nah, but I think... Well, I think we need more people in our lives like that. <laughs> oh, he cracks me up. Yeah, you definitely need him up here. But like, what do you? What would you think one of his favourite memories of you are? And I'll get him on, and I'll get him. I'll see if they match up. Okay. He always he loves the time I crack the shits in the backyard and threw the clothesline across the yard. <laughs> you hulked out, ripped the clothesline out. Yes. So I was driving the trailer <laughs> up, and when we moved in, the clothesline was like. Right in the middle of the yard, the most stupid position you could ever put in there. You couldn't turn the car around. Anyway, so it was a bit wet. I was sliding around, cracked the shits, got out of the car, slammed the door, went over, started shaking the shit out of the clothesline <laughs> until it was uprooted, picked it up and chucked it across the yard. And Chris is inside looking up, just watched me cacking himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, your yard is, is probably on a, what, a 10% gradient going down? Mm, yep. Thereabouts. Um, and, you know, maneuvering that in the wet would oh, be difficult. Oh, but I could just imagine just that chuckle he has. <laughs> if no. he recorded it, if he had thought of recording it, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, you've been you, you've both been very good friends to me, and for that I'm grateful. I was um one of my birthdays. I was an absolute dick to everyone. Bit of stress happening that time in your life. Yeah, well, no excuses. Yeah, you know? or still these years later, I I've apologised a lot, but like it still eats me, eats at me like. Yeah, it's just, water under the bridge. It is, but still, like I just. It wasn't good, man. Like, and uh, I just got a message: drinks tonight. We um we did get a lot of free meals that night. I think it was that night, wasn't it? A lot of free meals. Yeah, that's central. We're at yeah, we were at central. So it was my birthday, probably my twenty fifth. So circa twenty what fourteen? Mm, was a while ago. Maybe. And um, we've been friends a while, and actually we established at the front of the show last mm. time, and been on the beers all day, um, and I was just the girl I was dating at the time wasn't making it easier for anything anyways i'm not blaming her by any means i'll blame her she wasn't to, she wasn't to help actually you know what fuck it yes i am blaming her and it's toxic all day and just this negative energy hit at me and a lot of beers later it fueled it and then exploded that's the first and only time that's ever happened to me mm. um and since then i've absolutely taken steps to make sure it'll never happen again so i think it was that night that i don't know what their system was but we're sitting near the exit to their the kitchen and they kept coming out and saying oh did you order such and such and we're like no we've all had our meals and then they'd go you know just pretty much ask every table and in the end we just started saying yeah cool we did yeah right i didn't i want to wear this I, I don't know if it's that night or another one i'm like oh yeah we think barry ordered that just put, put it down over there so we're getting all this free food yeah right because of their incompetence and uh they come at the end of the night and said oh oh that wasn't yours you didn't pay for that i was like no, it was Barry's. Barry's left. He's gone. 
<laughs> That's brilliant. How do I not know about this? It might not have been that night. Anyway. Because we went there twice, I think. Mm, might have been the other night. All I remember is Central was terrible. Like, it was, it was would have been a really nice bar, but just whoever was running it was a dickhead. Overcrowded. Um, yeah. we, I remember going there another time with friends, and we ordered two schnitzels, one with gravy, and one with Diane's horse, both on the side. What we got was one chicken schnitzel with Diane's horse and gravy on the side. Yeah, right. How do you fuck that up? I don't know. And when I went and asked her, she goes, I thought it was weird that you just ordered two gravies. I was like, and you <laughs> didn't question that? <laughs> Your local. Um, you dumb bitch. Westy, Westy Bowling Club, years ago. Well, before, before my time. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Circa 2014, 15, whoever owned it at the time. Simple, stupid, whatever. My parents went down for a feed. They didn't often go there. Mum's like, I'll have a steak, salad and chips or whatever it was and gravy inside. Gets gravy tits all over the chips and steak, salad tits. <laughs> And my mum's like, um, don't really usually have lettuce with gravy, but she's so polite. She's, I'll just eat around it. Eat around it. <laughs> mum, send it back. She goes, oh, I did eventually. It would have been like soggy, weird lettuce, hot lettuce. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, yeah, they gave us a free meal, but my mum is so polite. And her stepdad's like, oh, yeah, mate, can we uh, get a new one over here? Mm. So mum got like steak and a half or nothing. Did you hear a rumour that the muso was meant to have a lease or someone operating the lease. So it'd be good they, to see that turn back into they, a um, restaurant. Didn't they take the lease to Sydney? The alcohol license to Sydney? No, the owners have the alcohol license and they live in Sydney, but I don't think they took it there. Is it coming back? Well, yeah, you can lease... Well, I did hear you could lease it out and someone had, or wants to lease it. Yeah, right. So the museum's coming back. Hopefully. Oof. No, not, not hopefully. <laughs> you know, that Harrigan's... Uh, so in West Bulls End, there's a new... Over the years... Um, Cameron Park Estate has just grown and grown and grown and we were promised back in 2008 I found an article we were promised pardon me a Harrigan's Irish pub so I heard what happened there why it took so long something to do with the DA wasn't it well there was probably that too but there was a bit of a um, a conflict between the houses behind it and the shopping centre being built yeah righto so whoever was first had to pay for all the sewage power water to get put in so whoever went first had to pay for all that shit, whereas the person that comes second just had to attach to it. A big overlay, you know, cost to get it going. So the shopping centre arrived first? Well, I don't know which one. I think the um, the houses did. Actually, no, you are right, because, yeah, the shopping centre's recent. So hopefully the pub's in there soon. Mm, yep. I'm going to have beers there. You're coming. Yeah, right. It's walking distance. It's good. Through the bush. It would be too. What's the worst that could happen? I've walked that bush many a time, Hammond. <laughs> there was a time there where we had a we had like a there's a four wheel drive track. You go up, just take a right just before the rural fire station control center there, and um, we're going out there. And there's an open pad. My mate, we're in my mate's Forby hits the corner too quick. We roll. Oh shit! Made he rid his car off, rode his car off. My mate in the front was concussed, but I was proud of myself because the esky was beside me, and the first thing <laughs> I did was hug it. <laughs> I didn't spill any beer, but they were shaken up, but got out of the thing. <laughs> An about old mate all, who was concussed definitely had a few more beers. Yeah, about all four, <laughs> about all four people were like, good job, dickhead. But um, yeah, that was my that was one of my moments of glory. That was about as high as my life was going at that point. I remember being young. I was like, we're still 17. We're driving around Katara. So my friend, she was driving. 
she wasn't drinking. The rest of us were all on the OP rums. Oh, no. And I just remember going through Garden City, full pelt, getting that much speed up. We're going over the speed bumps and getting air in this little old freaking um, Subaru. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then we had ice cream and then I spewed. That'll do it. Mm. <laughs> Never mix alcohol and milk. Never works. Well, all to all those people that drink Kahlua out there, power tea. <laughs> or Bailey's. Bailey's, no. No, I'm not a... I can't... It's booze good. and, it's booze good and milk, the, the idea about that is just odd to me. No, it's no good. Um, just got a text saying beers tonight. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym after this. Beers. Beers with who? Beers with Jim. Beers with Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But like, remember my mate, because I was one of the younger people in my year, when my mates first got their license, we'd go into Newcastle and do laps, hot laps of the break of the... Like in the break wall in there. Back in the day when it was cool. Yeah, so you know... It, There's still a few cars there every so often, but it's not what it used to be. Nah, if you, so if you grew up in Newcastle, like in the early noughties, so like circa 05 onwards, like if you're about driving age then, I'm sure it was like this in the 90s as well, you'd go into the Newcastle foreshore and cut hot laps and people used to race under Kuragang Bridge. And um, yeah, I remember my friend... And the uni, next to the uni too. Next to, oh, did they? Yep. Oh, on the link road. Yep. And uh, a friend of mine, the instant decided to rip a burnout in his front wheel drive, neck driving. Dang it. Within, within like six or seven, it's quite comical, the timing. Just like, and flashing lights, undercover car. Neck driving. Had his license for three days. We're at Dudley Pub one day, and one of the guys there, similar thing happened. He bought a posty bike. He was heaps cool. Thought he was all that. Anyway, he went down the street, brought it back to show us. Cops drove past. No helmet, way over the limit, like a thousand times. Straight in the back of the paddy wagon. Silly boy. I uh, know. Silly boy. Um, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, then we went to a party at the same house probably about two, three weeks later. And this guy got that drunk. He projectile shit all over this chick's bedroom. <laughs> projectile shit? Yes. Wow. <laughs> they had to call his mum to come and pick him up. Like, he would have been like 21 at the time. Projectile shit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I've got Crohn's, but I've never, ever done that. No, she was cleaning it everywhere. It was everywhere. Oh, a poor cleaner. Mm. I Once again, you've absolutely made me just go, I've got nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you guys can see, that if you grew up in Newcastle, it was apparently the place to be. I guarantee it. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, like, gee, we've been talking for ages since you come up here. Um, thanks for coming up, kind sir. I appreciate it. No worries. Anything else that you... So what we'll do is I'll um I'll plug your business. I'll put it in the bio underneath. Sounds good. Any social media you got attached to it or whatever or not yet. Keep in note though. Turn your sideline business. <laughs> it's okay. You got like an email or something. I'll put it in there. Yeah, we do have an email. Okay, awesome. So uh you know thanks for popping back up here. No um, worries. I'm always up for round two. <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> I, you know what. Something to say to you, right? Talking before about like, you know, putting people off and stuff. I myself don't usually, I'm not a homophobe. Fuck, how can I be? I've had, I've actually had a, I've had penises in my mouth before. Menage Antoine. Menage Antoine, dorsal stress and penis. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I just admitted to having a penis in my mouth. You know, current, present company inclu- included. Kudos to you. I've never had a vagina in my mouth. Um, yeah, well, that's my preference. I prefer taco de sausage. <laughs> but I tried it, so, you know, I, I consider myself a 
you know, are definitely not a homophobe. But you today, in the little bit of time you've been up here, have made me speechless three times. Oh, sorry. You are good at what you do, <laughs> is what I was getting at. I've got lots of practice at work. And I could have said that and not admit to having a penis down my gob, but it's okay. This is an open forum. So yeah, I was uh, for a while there, and we'll talk about it when Chris is on, but I was his apprentice. <laughs> I, I was his gay apprentice. Well, Chris has got a lot of sayings and words he's made up too. I think I come up with apprentice. Oh, did you? I think so. I don't know. I have to ask Chris that. He'll be able to confirm that. I've got gangry at work when you're gay and angry. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> Gangry. Gangry. Sounds like you got gangry. That sounds like an SDI. Oh, I've got a case of gangry, bro. Oof, did it get looked at, man? Uh, it's only when they're doing stupid things I get angry at them. I mean, I've heard of hangry or fungry. You know, fucking hungry or hangry. No, gay and angry. Gangry. <laughs> That's one of your best. <laughs> I didn't make it up. Sure, you didn't. But no, I'll. Um, thanks for helping us revisit and finally get episode four done. And the first thing I'm going to do is hit that giant save button. Twice. Twice. And then copy, paste it, email it to myself again. Mm, yep. But uh, thank you, sir. appreciate you coming up to episode four, finally. No worries. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, we'll get Chris on and then you're both going to come back on. I've got a questionnaire for you to do. Right. Live good. on the air. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of insight as to, you know, our first gay guest we've had on. I didn't know how to word that correctly, trying to be PC. One of those homosexuals. He's, uh, in his words, he's a, shout out to your chopper, <laughs> my first homosexual guest. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Chief, and I'll, uh, I'll see you in the next one. See ya. See ya.